0: So, John, when you're stuck in a conversation and you just want to get out, what is your excuse? Well, one of the joys of social isolation right now, Harry, is that it's never been
1: easier to get out of a conversation that you don't want to be in. You can just be like, oh, <laughs> oh the signal's bad, I can't hear you, sorry, sorry, bye. And <laughs> then a tunnel. I've gotten out of so many meetings that way. <laughs> 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 oh, Zoom's really? playing up, oh no, it crashed again, I just can't get in, oh, what a shame. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Brilliant. So- Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels and spin-offs to Get Out. We're also going to be pitching some drinking games, airing in from my listeners with the submissions they've posted on our social media profiles. But first we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments and give a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most sought-after body. <laughs>
1: What's that got to do with this film?
0: People want the bodies... Oh, of- I see. People think that... Yeah, I-, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And joining me as always the host who probably wouldn't get a single bid if he went to auction, is John Lucas. That's just mean. <laughs> <laughs> Way harsh, yeah, I Ty. Ma- I- Way harsh. I-, I-, I tried making it less mean, but I just couldn't I couldn't do it.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry I can't aspire to your Herculean, you know, physique.
0: <laughs> well, anyway, John, so uh, apologies for that. But uh, other than that, how are you getting on?
1: Oh, you know, just living day by day. <laughs> yeah. How's anyone doing right now?
0: So so last week we said our season was going to be horror movies. Mm-hmm. We have sw- since switched it to movies where people are trapped.
1: Yeah. I think a better choice for the season, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's more thematic.
1: Yeah. But to answer your question, uh, I've got as far as my local Tesco, which is at the bottom of my road, and that is about as much of the world as I've seen for the past two weeks. So, yeah, cabin fever well and truly setting in at this point.
0: It's weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: Although I have covered a lot of terrain on Animal Crossing, you know. Lots of island hopping and yeah, you know, that their social <laughs> life's never been busier.
0: Great. Um, okay, so get out then. What do, you, what do you what do you think of it? What a load of crap!
1: No, I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> Go on. This film is brilliant. This film was so good. I remember when we saw this film in the cinema. Well, I remember I saw this film in the cinema and you weren't with me at the time. I f- don't remember where you were, but I remember thinking, not only does Harry need to see this, I need to watch this again because I want to watch Harry watch this film. Because it's one of those <laughs> films that's such a, such fun to watch, not knowing what's gonna come. Because it's such because mm-hmm. it really came out of nowhere. Like now, it's really iconic, but it's hard to remember that when it first came out, it was completely let out of left field. Like you know, it wasn't a big studio film. The budget for this film was four and a half million dollars.
0: Really? Yeah. Only four and a half.
1: Yeah, really low. I mean, there's no stars in it. Really, you know, people who are stars oh, okay. now, but obviously, obviously Daniel Cleary now huge star. Daniel Cleary then really not very well known at all. It had Catherine Keener in it, that's pretty much it, the one who played the mom, but she's not really like a box office kind of person, so, and it was Jordan Peele's first ever film as a director. Oh, was it? Yeah, what an amazing, what an amazing first shot is that, like... Like he yeah. done, he was best known for like sketch comedy. He's in, he was in this show called KMPO. It's supposed to be very good. Mm. But um, yeah, this is his first feature debut, and uh, I mean, his it was his feature debut. People only have one feature debut. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what an amazing start to your career or your career as a director yeah, of no, a film,
0: fantastic. Mm. Mm.
1: But yeah, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy this to the surprise of nobody. Uh, what about you? I absolutely love it, mm-hmm.
0: and it's great to to come back to it and rewatch it because it's so memorable. But it's also so rewarding for remembering it.
1: It really rewards, like, multiple viewings. Yeah. There's definitely yeah, more yeah, you pick time. up on the second time around. Or, in my case, the third time around, even. Even watching the third time, I was like, wow. Having had a bit of a gap between the first two of two years, I think, since it came out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so.
1: It was really just such a pleasure to revisit. Yeah. yeah. So well-paced as well.
0: It is, isn't it? It's never never like, slow. Oh, and slow. It and it always either keeps you guessing or just keeps you sort of scared or... You know, kind of, you know that feeling where something's a bit scary or a bit sort of off-putting, but mm-hmm. at the same time you, you're laughing for some reason. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, I laughed so much watching this film, like in the yeah. the first time. It's, it's not just it's not just the straight-up comedy from mm. the the best friend. No, just no, like no. a lot of other bits, I just find hilarious. Lots of uncomfortable laughing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, obviously. I'd vote for Obama a third time. Of course, could. yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Um, yeah. I think. I think my favourite one was when he's getting a tour of the house, and uh, he says, uh, "Oh, what's down there?" And the dad says, "Oh, just some black mould down there." <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I was like, "Oh, we are coming back to that." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Grandma loved the kitchen, so we keep a little piece of her in here all the time.
0: Hello. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, and it's so hard, I think, to get comedy in a horror film and not just take away the horror i think it's a very difficult thing to do i think scream does it really well and this film does it really well yeah a lot of films do it badly where the comedy takes you out of the horror completely and it's just like oh this film's just a farce now but the comedic moments just like because it's so tense there's so much tension in this film the comedic moments just really they come at just the right moments to like break the tension but they're not overdone Mm. yeah no it's it's fantastic and I mean, the the acting is just across the board, brilliant. Like, there's not a weak link whatsoever in the cast. Mm. I mean, Daniel Kaluuya. What Daniel Kaluuya is incredible. in What this. he does with his face in this film, like not just obviously the the iconic shot where he's in the sunken place with the tears running down his face. That's the, yeah. you know, that's the movie poster or that's the meme or whatever. You know, that's the one that people remember. But like, just his his subtle like reactions when like when Bradley Whitford, the dad, is making really, or any of the people, the white people, are making stupid, like really ignorant or condescending comments. Just his like slight eye roll is just so. The underreactions are so good. Are they Your underpants, yeah. sorry. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I'm just putting. Sorry, um, listeners. My uh, my home studio is uh, my underwear drawer. Um, that's where the microphone is. Oh. And I'm just getting some underpants out just to put over my drinks coaster, so that doesn't make so much noise. And gets picked up on the podcast But now I've spent all this time talking about it It's kind of <laughs> You know, not made that a th- you know, not, not made that a thing anymore, I've taken too much time I hope they're but, clean you know, on the pads. I'm still talking about it for some reason yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, The joys of uh, a yeah, recording Yeah, sorry, this is the most uh, Listeners, this is the most social I get Really, at the moment So I'm just kind of holding on to every second of it
1: Yeah, this is life now
2: I
0: know what you're thinking What?
2: Come on, I get it. White family, black servants. It's a
0: total cliche. I wasn't going to take you there.
2: Well, you didn't have to, believe me. <laughs> no, uh, we hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, uh, I just, I, I, I couldn't bear to let them go. I mean, the boy, <laughs> I hate the way it looks. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, by the way, I I would have voted for Obama for a third term if I could. Best president in my lifetime, handstand. I agree. Yeah.
0: All right. Shall I give a plot summary then? Please do. Yeah. Okay. So this film um, stars Daniel Kaluuya as a, a man called Chris, mm-hmm. and he is going out with this white girl called Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, if you if you didn't know somehow um Daniel Kaluuya is a black man. A black man. Um, a, as she says a, a black man yeah. as they as they say yeah. <laughs> and uh he's going to go and meet her parents for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um he's going to go and stay at their country home um for a weekend yes. or something.
1: They've been together for like maybe four or five months they say so it's you know something like that yeah. So he's like so did you tell them that I'm black? And she's like no why yeah. would I just like work that into conversation that's ridiculous. And so she's like you know putting his mind at rest and then you know she's being very supportive mm. but obviously he's a little bit like well might be something you want to mention because people can surprise you and she's mm. like no 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 my dad would have voted for obama a third time if he could which yeah <laughs> setting that little one up but yes yeah, she's very much like no 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 that they're very they're very liberal non-racist family you've got
0: nothing to worry about whatsoever mm-hmm. yeah totally Liz. there's a lot of foreshadowing in this
1: oh yeah 100 percent. i mean the first 45 minutes of this movie is just all
0: foreshadowing really Pretty much, yeah. But really well done. And so the film really sets its tone by they're driving towards their parents' house mm. and this deer jumps out of nowhere <laughs> or something, jumps out of nowhere and just smacks into the car. Okay,
1: I have a question about this scene. Yeah. Do you think the deer is supposed to be somehow part of the whole thing? Or was it just an accident that happened that just like ramps up the tension?
0: No, I think it was just an accident. I, I have thought about this, but I just can't, how could they have timed it so the deer jumped across the road that at that moment? Well, here's the thing: that deer comes across the road. It's like it's been shot out of a cannon.
1: Like I know <laughs> deer are fast animals when they're running, but it is, honestly, if you watch it back, it's just like whoo, it's it is like it's been shot. So I could really just I had a mental image in my head of like Bradley Whitford with this like so, semi-sedated deer just in a catapult or something, just like pulling it back, and just like firing. <laughs> I don't know for what purpose. I don't know what, to what end that would be, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it really did seem like the effect of the deer was like they shot out of a cannon.
0: <laughs> yeah. But other than setting the scene, that scene is all just a little bit of setup, just to show just some racism in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Because even though she was driving, once they have reported it to the police and the police officer shows up, he asked to see Daniel Kaluuya's license. Mm-hmm. Even though everybody knows that he wasn't driving but he's just checking because he's black mm-hmm. and that's <laughs> a thing apparently yeah but yeah so it's really set in a scene and they get to the parents house mm-hmm. and so then we get introduced to the family mm-hmm. so she has um a mom and a dad mum mm-hmm. played by Catherine keener mm-hmm. and she has a brother who's a fascinating character
1: yeah <laughs> if there was one weak link i would say it might be the brother for me like, just because he's oh really i feel like the mum and the dad are so subtle with it in in the first half of the film or the first like two thirds of the film really like, it's all the the, the, like the cringe with the dad making all these overcompensating, you know, comments like, you know, I'd vote for Obama yeah. for a third time, or, you know, saying stuff about Hitler and how, you know, what an asshole he was, I mean, all this kind of stuff going on. And the mum just being, like, vaguely embarrassed by him, but generally quite, you know, nice. Mm-hmm. But then the, the the brother was just, like, ca- a little bit cartoonish.
0: He was, but I still liked it. It really helped with the tension. Oh, it
1: did. The dinner table scene with the brother is definitely, like, super tense, and it definitely adds to it. Yeah. But,
0: yeah just this film is super tense all the way through Mm -hmm. and there's so many factors that add up to that yeah and yeah i thought the brother was a really good one like i just hated every moment that he was on screen well that's yeah i think that's it. it's that cringe. Is like am i enjoying this or am i not because it's just i think they deploy
1: him at the right moment because he doesn't arrive until like half an hour in so you get enough time with the mom and dad who are just embarrassing in a different way and then when he comes he comes in and like you said it it ratchets the tension up to the next level exactly the point when the film needs to go to that next level
2: So, Chris, what's your sport? Football, baseball, basketball, mostly. I guess. You an MMA fan? Dude. Dude, what? You mean like UFC? Yes. Yeah, nah, too brutal for me. (laughs) You ever get in street fights as a kid? I did judo after school, first grade. Aw. You should have seen me. Judo. With your frame and your genetic makeup, if you really pushed your body and I mean really trained,
0: you know, no
2: pussyfooting around, you'd be a fucking
0: beast. And there's also a, a maid in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is also a very strange. Yes. <laughs> she, does, she does a lot of staring at him and saying, Hello <laughs> in tones like that. Mm. And uh yeah, it's all it's all a bit weird. Well, the dad kind um, of
1: explains it. He does this. He says, like, I know how it looks. Rich white family, two black servants, kind of thing. And he's, like, again, in a bit of foreshadowing, for people, if you watch the film more than once, he says, we hired them to take care of my parents. And then when my parents mm. died, we couldn't bear to get rid of them. So that's why they're still here. Yeah. As we will learn. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to it than that.
0: <laughs> oh, this, this film is so well written. Mm. So uh, the mum is a hypnotherapist. Yes. I think, and... I think she specialises in hypnotising people to stop them from smoking. To yeah, well, that's a so
1: weigh in with him, yeah.
0: And so, yeah, she tries really hard to get to to get him to agree to being hypnotised, all the while setting the seeds for the hypnotism, which you find out on a on a rewatch. Mm.
1: Oh, all the stuff with the tea, yeah. Uh...
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, he doesn't do it. But later that night, he can't sleep for whatever reason. Yeah, he goes downstairs. First of all, he goes outside. I think he goes out for a smoke. Mm-hmm. And that's when he sees the ground keeper running towards him. Yes, that was shot so well. Mm. Visually, that looked amazing. And he runs right up to Chris and then just veers off at the very last second. So, are we? Th- do you think? Because I'm interested in like what this scene was trying to like say.
1: Are I- we supposed to think that like, obviously the granddad? Spoiler alert! It's the granddad in the in the ground keeper's body essentially do you reckon he's just doing that because he's like old and he's like oh i'm so athletic now he's got you know does he just do this every night to enjoy being athletic or something like
0: yeah i i was trying to i was trying to work out this whole thing because basically anybody who's had this this brain surgery thing where they get their minds put in a black person Mm -hmm. they're they're not all there no they seem really you know as in like maybe a little bit of their original white person personality might come through just a little bit once in a while Mm mm-hmm but it's not like they're just the same normal selves.
1: Well, I've really loved this whole thing. It keeps cropping up. I've, I've just It was it was like this, was, this could have been its own movie. Like this whole mm. plot of the... I mean, it is the plot of the movie, but I mean, this thing of like old white people being put into the bodies of younger black people and then having to pretend to be black mm-hmm. and then having to like, then speak to Daniel Kaluuya's character. And just, I thought it was so good how they were obviously all... Speaking like old white people. <laughs> yeah. And it was really stilted yeah. and weird. And it was cringy, but so interesting.
0: But yeah, so he's out having a smoke or trying to have a smoke. This guy runs towards him, runs off. And then I think he turns around and he sees the maid looking out the window. Mm-hmm. Just doing a big old and creepy it's, stare, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a shock. Turns out she's just actually looking at her reflection. Mm-hmm. And just like adjusting her hair or something. So he goes inside and he thinks that there's nobody, nobody else there. But it turns out the mother, Catherine Keener, is there. <laughs> this um, made me just laugh. Just sitting in her office,
1: just sitting okay. in the darkness, just you know yeah. waiting for the moment. <laughs> the, the classic villainy, just sitting in a darkened room with a cup of tea. With a cup of tea, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And she uh, she talks him into coming in and sitting down. Mm-hmm. And uh, he doesn't realise it, and I'm not sure if we realise it right away, but it's very obvious actually. So. Um, she's hypnotizing him. It. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty she's obvious. She's very slowly stirring this, this, uh, this little china cup. Mm. They really like ARSR'd that
1: t- that teacup, didn't they? Yeah.
0: Like yeah, it's, yeah.
1: they must have put a microphone right into a teacup because it's so, it's, it's not a very pleasant sound for me. I don't like that sound of like metal on ceramic. Like it's really uncomfortable mm. to listen to. But they really like mm-hmm. get it so sharp. Like it's the most distracting thing. It's all you can hear in that scene when 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 she's talking to him is the teacup.
0: Yeah. And so she gets him to to tell a story about how he just stayed inside playing video games as a child when his his mother was outside dying from a hit-and-run accident.
1: That's it. She found out earlier in the conversation that his mother had died in a hit-and-run, and then she uses that yeah. to kind of, I guess, to break down his emotional defences.
0: I think so. Something like that, yeah. But basically
1: hypnotizes him into telling that story, and uh, in doing so, she gets her claws into him.
0: Yeah. And as part of this hit, um, hypnosis, he becomes paralysed. Mm-hmm. And that's where, where we sat get like, these shots. He can't move. Mm. He's got tears running down his face from well, from telling that story and probably now tears of fear as well. And uh, she says, sink into your chair. Mm. <laughs> and he goes into the sunken place, which yeah. is another amazing visual in this film.
1: It is. And again, thinking about how much this film costs, like they really made a little girl a very long way. Like... Mm-hmm. That's a really good low budget. It obviously is low budget, but it's a really good way to like get around the fact that your film doesn't have a huge budget to do a, a massively like showy visual bit. Just just to yeah. just to literally put him in a darkened space and then just it's like he's staring. out his it. It's like his eyes are like a screen, aren't they? You can see that you can still see mm-hmm. her through the yeah. screen. It's like that, that. That I thought that was a really really good effect.
0: Yeah, I liked that a lot. And uh, then he wakes up mm-hmm. in his bed the next morning, and you know he, he thinks that the whole thing must have been a dream. <laughs> Or oh, a nightmare! Uh, he looks to his phone. His phone has been unplugged, so it's not charged. And uh, I always love how horror the-
1: movies have to get around the mobile phone problem these days. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what happens next? What happens that next morning? Well, this is
1: where he starts phoning up uh, the character we've not mentioned yet, who is in many ways the the, the breakout star of this movie, which is Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Ron is his best friend, who's like house sitting for him, looking after his his dog, and Ron is just like. You need to get out of there. Like, from the get go, Ron, like, Ron is the audience. Ron is us.
0: Nah, it, 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 it is Rod. well, Ron it's Rod. D-
1: okay, I take it back.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's like like the audience. Yeah, totally.
1: He is 100% like with the audience. Is
0: like, oh, come on, just get out. Get
1: out of the house. Rod is like, yeah. Yeah.
0: He's behind you! Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Rod is, like, commentating from the from the theatre,
0: 100%. Yeah, he's very good. And he is hilarious.
1: Yeah, he's our comic relief, but, like I said, deployed in a way that totally doesn't take away from the rest of the movie. Like, he fits in perfectly.
0: I love the scene. I mean, it's later on, but I love the scene when he goes into the police department. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he tries to report it.
1: Yeah, that's maybe the most like, sick scene. like, I think they're scene.
0: all becoming these uh, sex slaves and shit. <laughs> and <laughs> they're just all laughing at him. It's great. So look, I go do my, 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 my detective work, right? And I start putting pieces together. And see, this is what I came up with.
2: They're probably abducting black people, brainwashing them, and making them slaves,
0: or sex slaves, not just regular slaves, but sex slaves and shit. See, I don't know if it's the hypnosis that's making them slaves or whatnot, but all I know
2: is they already got two brothers we know, and it could be a whole bunch of brothers they got already. What's the next move? and don't ever ever say that i'll do nothing for you
0: yeah and so then i I think that uh he's just hanging around chris is just hanging around uh waiting for the day to get started because um they've got this tradition that the family does every year there's the annual party we've Um, where they invite all their friends over and just have a garden party.
1: Again, the classic horror movie trope of the, of the once the once a year mysterious party. You mean that's today? <laughs> red flag, red flag, red flag.
0: But before that, he goes to the groundskeeper mm. and just starts the conversation, says hi. And uh, the guy says, oh, I'm sorry if I scared you with my running last night. Mm. <laughs> I was just doing my workout or whatever. I can't, I can't impersonate him very well. Um, well you should be able to because he he's an old white about... guy
2: so
0: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> essentially <laughs> he also says something about oh yeah you were in there with uh, what's her face for ages last night And then, that's yeah he kind of Chris gives the, the game like, away
1: <gasps> it wasn't a dream mm. but yeah and then all the guests arrive at the party and the guests are of course all old white people mm-hmm. and one one suspiciously young black guy who's married to a much older lady who's also acting very strange
0: Yes, who we actually see in the very first scene of oh, film. Oh yes,
1: the cold moment. open. I forgot to mention that. So, as I mentioned, I saw this film twice in the cinema. Um, the first time I saw it, we were, we were late, and we missed the opening scene. And I actually think maybe the film works better without it. Because yeah. it kind of gives away a little bit of what's going on.
0: Not yeah, loads, but a
1: little bit. Like, It's not a big deal, but I think the film works just as well without it. And it, makes, it adds to the mystery. Yeah. Although it's not that obvious, it's the same guy because he does like fully. Sh- he's fully shaved and he's completely changed his appearance in between the two scenes. So,
0: yeah. And in the first scene, it was very dark as well. You don't really get a clear shot of his face. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, it is. But it's you a horror can see, movie. Oh, it's open. a guy wearing a hat with a beard. Yeah. But now he is um,
1: much like the groundskeeper in the maid, full old white man in black guy's body. Yeah. Just and to get that across in a way that's not stereotypical. It's 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 so well done just in the little nuances of like the just little things that he says, like just the way he pronounces certain words or when they go in for a fist bump and he just shakes the hand awkwardly as well. It's just it's really cleverly done. Like it doesn't go it doesn't like really lay on really thick.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's very well done. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so all these people turn up at the party and Chris is feeling quite isolated mm-hmm. because everybody keeps coming up to him and you know, admiring his body Oh, these say, yeah. and saying these really, really weird racist things.
1: This is the peak of the racial cringe in this film. I mean, there's so much of it throughout, but the, 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 this little bit where it's like, where they're asking if the sex is better and then...
0: Yeah, there's that guy who says black is cool.
1: Black's back in fashion now, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great because it is so strange.
1: It is, but it's also, it's not exaggerated, I would imagine, very much at all from like, things that people genuinely do get asked on a daily basis. You know what I mean? Like, it's... I'm, I'm sure a lot of this comes from a, a place of, like, not dissimilar experiences that, like, Jordan Peele's had.
2: Mm.
1: You know? Obviously, yeah. you know, heightened, yeah. but, you know, to a, I'm sure there's a, a, a definite grain of truth in it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure.
1: I think my favourite one, actually, though, is when someone just says, so, Chris, do you find it's an advantage or a disadvantage being a black guy? <laughs> He's just like,
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How do you answer that? Right now. And he's just like, you, you, you answer that you, to the other guy. Yeah. And so, like, when somebody does ask that question, then he says, well, I'm not really sure if I can answer that. And then the other guy pitches in and says, oh, I can answer it. And then it goes off. And this whole spiel about what it is to be black mm-hmm. from a white person's perspective.
1: It's not much of a spiel, really. It's pretty, uh, pretty stilted, which is, you know,
0: part of the whole thing. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but he goes off and on one enough that Chris gets out his phone and he wants to. He wants to take a picture of this, or maybe a video. Oh, yes, that's um, it. So that he can, I assume, send it to Rod. And uh, I think he accidentally takes a photo that has the flash on. So, yeah. first of all, everybody notices, mm-hmm. which is like, oh, shit, that's embarrassing. Yeah. But secondly, the flash kind of, like, activates the guy, or, like, activates what remains of the black guy.
1: Yeah, the image of the guy within, yeah. Yeah. You see, it's like his pupils, um, like, dilate, don't they? And then he's, like, stunned. Yeah. He gets a nosebleed.
0: Yeah, gets another beer. And he just comes up to Chris and just screams in his face, Get out! Get out! <laughs> and everybody Get drinks. And just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody tries to pass it off as a seizure, but Chris is a bit freaked out. <laughs> oh, yeah. He so, smells a
1: rat, strangely enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so uh, he and Rose go and take a walk um, down to a river or something, while everybody else stays back to play bingo, apparently. Oh,
1: yes. And then we see they're playing bingo with a giant picture of
0: Chris well it's not it's not bingo is it
1: <laughs> well no they're not it's not bingo it's a silent auction essentially but they're they're yeah. using bingo cards to bid on Chris I guess, on his body I guess but yeah I was like where did they get that portrait <laughs> yeah and how did he not see it like yeah not being and they're not being subtle in the one slightest thing
0: that, one thing that struck me as odd was that I think the price that they agreed on was 20 something mm-hmm that's how much he was sold for. I wasn't sure, was that 20,000 or 20 million? Because firstly, 20,000 doesn't really seem like very much if you're buying yourself a whole new body. Sure. 20 million feels like a lot. Mm-hmm.
1: It depends how rich these people are. I guess that could be a comment on like the value people place on Black Lives then. It's only worth
0: 20,000. I guess, yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that people place a financial value on it. Well, exactly that in itself. itself. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm, like,
1: <laughs> maybe a white body would like be like priced higher. I don't know, like, I'm sure I'm sure everything in this film is very deliberate. I don't think anything is accidental.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so it's all an auction for him really, which is quite alarming. Yeah. Um I have missed one character actually. There's the uh, the art dealer. The blind, the blind art, art dealer, dealer yeah. who's the person who uh Chris actually has the the only white person at this party that Chris has an actual conversation with. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he he asks him like, well how how are you a blind art dealer? How does that happen? And apparently his assistant or something just Describes Doesn't. things. This seemed yeah. like a stretch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm not saying blind people can't be whatever they want to be, but art critic might be a little bit of a stretch.
0: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> well, it sound. You yeah, could say anything so. sounded amazing. I could just draw some bullshit and just describe it really well.
0: Yeah. What he's describing I mean, is great the literature. Assistant is the uh, is the art critic. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Basically. Well.
1: Yes. Essentially. They're doing yep. all the description. So yeah.
0: <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, he's struggling with being blind and being an art uh, dealer or whatever. The, the, and, the, uh, the
1: true struggle in this film. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. hard to be an art dealer.
0: Yeah, so really he wants Daniel Klee good eye because he's a photographer.
1: Again, for the heavy, heavy foreshadowing drinking, I want your eyes.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no shit. And <laughs> Anyway, he wins the bidding, um, doesn't he? He wins the silent auction.
0: Yeah, yeah, he pays twenty thousand or million for Daniel Kaluuya's body. It is unclear. Yes. <laughs> um, where do we go to next?
1: Oh, well, he phones Ronnie. He, he, so I keep calling Rod. him Ronnie. I want him to be called Ronnie. It just sounds like a psychic name. He calls Rod. <laughs> it does. It just sounds like you know Ronnie. Just sounds like a, a, a you know a whimsical side character. Rod. He calls Rod. Uh, and he says, hey, uh, have you seen this guy? And he sends the photo of the guy who had the seizure. And he's like, yeah, I recognize him. He went, he went missing, like, months ago. And he's like, well, he's here, but he's married to a much older white lady and he's acting really, really weird. And then that's when mm. Rod's like, white sex slaves! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My favorite Rod moment of this film. just His delivery of that line <laughs> just immediately just jumps to him, White sex slaves!
0: Oh, that's Drake. Andre Hayworth, used to kick him with Veronica. Veronica
2: from what? Teresa's sister that worked at the movie theater on 8th. Yeah.
1: Yes, that
0: is him. That is him. But wait, 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 wait. wait. This is so fucking crazy. Yo, he's different. No shit. Why is he dressed like that? It's not that, it's everything. He came to the party with a white woman like 30 years old now.
2: Sex slave! Oh shit! Shit. Chris, you gotta get the fuck
0: up out of there, man. You're in some eye wide shut situation. Leave, motherfucker. No. You gonna be a hello? Chris! Oh oh shit, his battery must have fucking died. So
1: yeah, and then that I think that's when Chris is like, Okay, yeah, I I do in fact need to to get out.
2: Mm.
1: And that's what they decide to do when Rose and Chris go on that little walk. He's like, look, I can't stay here anymore. I've gotta go. I really I'm freaking out, I don't wanna be here anymore. Mm. And she's like, Okay, let's go
0: together. I think that he has that phone call, and then, for whatever reason, he just goes rooting around Rose's bedroom. Oh, yeah. And uh, he goes into a cupboard, and he opens a shoebox. Oh, no, this is after they get
1: back, because that's when she's agreed to leave with him.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, And he goes into a shoebox, and he finds photos of her and all her ex-partners. Yes. And every one of them, they're all black, Mm -hmm. and he does recognise the groundskeeper... And the the housemaid, mm-hmm. who are clearly very different personalities in these photos. Yeah, and so then he's like, "Okay, those people have been abducted and I've had things happen to them. I need to get out. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go." And so there's no avoiding that keys. title, is it
1: is there? Like...
2: <laughs> no.
0: And so then Rose comes back and he's like, "Rose, have you got those car keys?" Mm. She's like, "Yeah, they're in the bag here somewhere." And uh, I so love loved okay, how they well, ramped this just... up. Like from okay. a throwaway. Well, like, okay, oh, let's, I let's can't just find find them. find them on the way. Mm. And so they walk downstairs, and waiting at the bottom of the stairs is the brother. Mm-hmm. He is holding a is it a is it a lacrosse stick? I don't know. <laughs> Why would I know? No, it's like a stick with a with a net on it that you use to like throw and catch a ball or something. Sure, but, sure. Yeah, and uh, he's basically being very very threatening with it, mm-hmm. and really kind of ramping up tension as well. Obviously, he kind of thinks, oh my god, maybe Rose is in on this as well. But oh she's been my girlfriend for four months and you know, I love her and stuff like four that. Four whole months, yeah. But he's like, Rose, I need those keys. Rose, where are the keys? Rose <laughs> And uh, she's I think she just holds them up and says, You know I can't give them to you. Her switch to evil is really good. I it's really like rape because like that happens and you can you can see it in his face as well. Mm. Just like oh yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so now Everybody's evil. He basically has no way out. The brother is about to come for him, I think. I think that he's going to go and fight the brother. And just at the last minute, the mum, she, like, bangs her teaspoon against the teacup mm. and he just falls sort the of ground unconscious. Yeah, He's been knocked down. He's in the sunken place again, so he can still see. And uh, he can see as they're picking him up and carrying him down into the basement. Mm-hmm. He then wakes up in an armchair, which he is strapped down to with some straps. Mm-hmm and um, there's a telly in front of him. And the telly comes on. It, it <laughs> the Exposition this... TV. Yeah, it's yeah. It's to <laughs> the
1: Exposition channel. <laughs> like, yeah, why does he, he really... I know on. they make an excuse for why he needs to know this. It's like, well, this is where we need to make you accept what's about to happen. But really, this was just a, This was just plot exposition. It was like, it has to go somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. But he watched this whole video that's, that's made by uh, the Grandad. Yes explains everything but at the same time nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> Like I didn't feel like once I got to the end of the video that I I was any more aware of what was going on. Yeah, so for whatever reason they're now kidding down in the basement and he wakes up sometimes, this video plays and then the teacup comes back and knocks him unconscious again or sorry, puts him back into the same yeah, in Just
1: Just the sound of the ceramic on the metal now is enough to, it's it's like been embedded as a trigger to him, as soon as he hears it he just is passed out Oh, he's in yeah. the sunken place.
0: Yeah. yeah. He's left conscious for ages at one point. And while that's happening, he's been scratching at the, uh, at the arms of the armchair that he's in. Yes. And he's ripped it a little bit and some of the stuffing is, is coming out. Mm-hmm. And eventually he gets this idea um, where he manages to put the stuffing in his ears.
1: So he can't hear the teacup. So he can't be yeah. knocked out. Yes, yeah, so he can pretend to be knocked out. I had questions. Exactly. Did he also break one of his restraints? Is that what happened? Because I was like, how did he reach to put his the fluff into his for ears?
0: Maybe he could, like, lean his head down to his hands. Okay. I, I wasn't too sure.
1: No, I, think, I felt like I missed something there. Also, I was thinking, like, okay, so you're supposed to be asleep or unconscious or whatever, or in the sunken mm-hmm. place. You've stuffed your ears so hard that you can't hear anything. How do you then know that the brother's in the room? I I don't know, John.
0: I I, I don't know, I think, maybe don't think about that one too much.
1: No, I'm nitpicking, I'm nitpicking, yeah. Yeah. Not like me at all.
0: Maybe it was that it just muffled it enough, perhaps? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I don't know. Or maybe the brother came in and just stood in front of him, I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. Anyway. But the brother Um, comes in to prepare him for the surgery, the brain transplant.
0: Yes, and at at this point he is supposed to be unconscious. Mm -hmm. And... uh, yeah, he, he's not, so once the brother has unstrapped him and is just doing something else, Chris stands up, he grabs uh, the nearest heavy object, which looks like a croquet ball, I think, yeah. or something. Classic white person's ball. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think that's probably definitely part of it. He gets, he gets beaten to death in the most, with the most white blunts instrument you could possibly find.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he just smashes the brother on the head with it. Mm. And I really appreciated that he just went for an, like an instant knockout blow. Yeah. Like, so many other people would just throw it in it and like, hit their shoulder or something, and then there's a whole fight to be had. But this is, there's no fight in there. This.
1: this part of the film happens really quickly. It's like, it builds it up so much, and then when it releases, it's just like, and boom, this is what's happening now.
0: Mm. Yeah, so the brother is knocked out, and to be honest, I presume dead. Oh yeah, presume like ble- he is, absolutely
1: presumed dead. He was fully, like, convulsing on the floor.
0: He was bleeding loads from the head. Yes. Like, it looked like he'd been shot. That's how much blood was just coming yeah. out of his head. No, he, crazy. he only
1: survived because the film needed that one last jump scare. He was, for yeah. all intents and purposes, dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, so then Chris goes through to the surgery where the dad is like, hey, son, I need that black guy now. I've got, I've got a guy on the operating table, his head's off, and I kind of need the other guy. <laughs> Chris comes in and he uses the antlers from a deer head that's been mounted on the wall. Mm-hmm. And uh, he stabs the dad up quite badly. Stabs him up.
1: Is that a phrase? Stab someone up?
0: Well, it is now. Okay, Um, fine.
1: Yes. But again, it's more like dramatic irony because early in the film, the dad mentions how much he hates deers and he loves it when deers dies. So he dies by a deer antler, which is a a good way to go, I think, in a horror movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he falls over, somehow caused a fire in the process. I forget how that came about, Mm -hmm. but whatever. I don't know. Maybe... In this weird surgery, the guy was using oil lamps for lighting, or something. I don't know.
1: Sure, or like you know, a bit of a bit of aromatherapy <laughs> as well. Maybe that's part of it. They needed some like you know, some some mood candles, some Yankee candles some needed to be there. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, the incense sets the light, and uh, the house is now on fire and is going to burn down. Yes. Chris goes upstairs, finds the mum in her office. She looks at him. They have a bit of a stare. Oh, I
1: love the stirrup over the teacups. Like it's not. It's she doesn't have it to hand. It's like the no. equidistant between the two of them. They both know that they need to go for the teacup.
0: It's great. <laughs> yeah. He gets there first, throws it away, it smashes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. That's game over for her, basically. What did he do to her? I forgot. Does he stab her? I think
1: he stabs her. It's not. I, it wasn't clear, though. It's kind of off, off screen. So I wasn't cl- mm. He definitely kills her, obviously, but I wasn't sure on exactly how it happened. But, mm-hmm. yeah. He's just fully checked out at this point. He's, like, totally he's been through so much he's just like switched off he's just become pure like rage and he's just killing them with like no remorse, like deservedly so they deserve to die but like he's just completely like switched off like it's just pure survival mode at this point
0: yeah pretty much
1: there's no like witty you know sometimes in horror movies there'll be like witty quips you know like there will be like there'll be a clever line there's none of that he's just fully like no i'm gonna kill you and get the fuck out of here
0: yeah pretty much Mm. uh and then just as he's reaching for the Uh, for the front door the brother pops up again Mm -hmm. another little jump scare
1: meanwhile Rose is just sat upstairs just listening to 80s pop and eating her cereal and googling basketball players which I thought was really funny (laughs) (laughs) looking for her next target so good
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so then Chris leaves um, he gets in the car starts driving away and he thinks that it's all okay but then somebody jumps out in front of him and he hits them it, and it turns out it's the maid. it's the grandma yeah he still doesn't realize it's the grandma at this point i don't think
1: i think he knows but he also it reminds him of when his when because his mum was killed in a hit and run and he just can't bring himself to leave her dying on the side of the road so he tries to rescue her he puts her in the in, oh, he puts yeah, her by the side of the, the road bit, yeah. he puts her in the car with him in the in the passenger seat
0: yeah then she regains consciousness fairly quickly mm-hmm. and as she does she makes him lose control of the car just saying like you ruined my house yeah and at this point, we also get the reveal, because when she sits up, her wig falls off. I think it's, like, caught in the car oh, door yeah. or something. And uh, for the first time, we see that these people that have had the operation. They've all got a massive scar on their forehead. Oh, I didn't clock that. And then we realise, oh, wait, everybody's had this operation. They've all been wearing hats or wigs.
1: I didn't clock that. Ah,
0: yeah. that's good. Good extra yeah, like detail. The, yeah. the gardener, he's, he's always wearing a baseball cap.
1: You're right, okay. yeah, because the other guy was always wearing that weird little fedora, yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that straw hat. And then, yeah, she's got this wig that has a bit of a fringe that goes over her forehead. Ah, mm-hmm.
1: oh, see, every time you watch this film, you get something new. It's good, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> didn't clock that at all. Yeah, and so he loses control of the car, crashes it into a tree, um, she dies mm-hmm. um, from a head injury, and uh, he's just about all right, I think. I think he can... He can still walk. He's dazed, fast, but he's but, still holding it together, yeah. yeah. The car's are right off though. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not going anywhere. Yeah. So he gets out of the car, and then Rose, um, his girlfriend, comes and she's got a gun, and she starts shooting at him. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to run away, and she's shooting at him, but she keeps missing, for whatever reason. Yeah, and then the granddad comes, mm-hmm. or the groundskeeper, from behind Rose, and runs towards him, and she says, get him, granddad!" Yeah, it's it's full-on
1: just deliverance now, it's ridiculous. Like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and yeah, the grandad comes over, and Floor's Daniel Kaluuya. They have a bit of a scrap. The girlfriend's pointing the gun at them. Chris manages to get his camera out and take a flash photo, Mm -hmm. which snaps the granddad out of it. Mm -hmm. The granddad turns around and shoots Rose um, just in the belly. Mm -hmm. Like, she falls to the ground. Um, She's bleeding out. She's probably going to die. And uh, does he say something? I forget if he says something before he goes I think he says thank
1: you, maybe, and then he shoots himself in the face. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and yeah, he, he, he shoots himself dead completely. Yes. Chris goes over to Rose, like moves the gun away from her, and just slowly strangles her while she grins at him. Mm-hmm. It's chilling. It
1: is very, very scary.
0: Yeah. yeah, at this point, suddenly his face lights up in red and blue flashing lights, and you're like, oh, shit. And you see his face as he realizes as well. He's like, oh, I know how this looks, and there's no way that they're going to believe the the truth.
1: Yeah. I really thought this was how the movie was going to end, like on a really dark note, and apparently it was supposed to.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's actually a filmed alternate end. Mm, yeah, like there's an alternate end with Rod going to visit Pris in jail. Yeah, but no, it turns out it's not the police. It is actually the TS motherfucking end. It is
1: Rod, our hero. Rod has come <laughs> to save the day.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I love how they just like um, hand wave how how he managed to find them, like you know what, because they just completely don't bother explaining it. They're just like, well, how did how the hell did how the hell did you find me? I'm TS motherfucking a. We get shit yeah. done. Like that's <laughs> we don't need to actually know how he found them. Doesn't matter. Point is, he found them.
0: No, it was perfect the way it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and do you prefer this
1: ending, or do you think it should have had the darker ending? I think
0: I like this ending. Mm. Um, the darker ending might have felt a bit too Black Mirror.
1: Yeah, I think it's. More like true, I think you know, it's, it's definitely more well, yeah, d- it would definitely feel more close to reality, but also it'd be a bit I, of a bummer I don't think ending. You
0: need the darker ending to know that it's closer to reality to be that way, yeah.
1: I think it's good because it, like, I think everyone when they see the police sirens had this has the same thought, like, oh god, that's how this is how it's going to end. So it, it gives you that impact, but then it also gives you a, a, more, a more uplifting ending, so it gets the best of both worlds, really,
0: yeah, yeah. And that's the end, that's that it. is the
1: end of the movie, yeah. He got out.
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah, he did.
2: <laughs> I mean, I told you not to go in that house. How you find me?
0: I'm TS motherfucking A. We handle shit. That's what we do. Consider this situation. Fucking handle um, okay, drinking games? Yes, drinking games. Okay, so first one I've got is drink for foreshadowing.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that's the obvious one. So much foreshadowing in this movie, yeah. Yeah. That, that'll just take you through the first two thirds of this film. Absolutely. <laughs> so much of it. Drink for racial cringe. Again, okay, a um, good one yeah. to get very, very drunk very early on. Like, obviously, the dad is the ultimate, but there's, it's all over the place. Like, it, it's everywhere. Like, every time a white person speaks. The party? The party is, Yeah it's,
0: it's just like oh i love golf i know tiger i like tiger yeah
1: yeah yeah that's it. everyone's like overcompensating <laughs> with the one black person they've heard of <laughs> yeah
0: um drink for product placement oh
1: what did you notice
0: windows phone it was everywhere
1: oh yeah everyone had a windows phone it's a good
0: point Everyone was using a windows phone a windows surface tablet thing I think there were a few others, but it was mainly Windows. Do you
1: think it, it was, was bearing in mind this is a low budget film that no one nobody thought this film was gonna go on to make three hundred million dollars. Do you think it was product placement for Windows Phone or the fact that they just couldn't afford to use iPhones? <laughs> Could be either.
0: Um I think it might be a product placement towards Windows Phone. Sure.
1: Not yeah. good product placement. They decharge at the drop of a hat apparently.
0: Y- yeah, I guess. <laughs> Does not mean you want to run out and buy one. <laughs> no. Well, don't think you can, John. Oh, are they gone now? Yeah, I think they failed shortly after this film.
2: Uh,
1: connections, maybe, who knows? Uh, mm, yeah. Okay. Drink for movie references. This film is oh, packed yeah, look, with references look, to other movies. Like, other horror movies, it's really, really, like... Like I said, there's there's a really obvious... Have you seen Deliverance? No. No, it's a, it's a really disturbing film from the 70s. There's a definite Deliverance scene with the brother on the patio with his banjo and he's, like, picking his mouth or something. Um, <laughs> there's also I think, mean, the the opening is really The Shining with like the cast going through the forest and that weird dissonant music and everything. It's very Shining-ish. I think mm. I don't know there's a there's there's just lots of stuff like that. I think there's lots of like Rosemary's Baby in there as well, and, like the omen kind of stuff. Just yeah, I think it's I think it's a very reference deliberately like reference heavy film. Like yeah. it's it's like a love letter to horror movies with, with a new twist.
0: Yeah, drink whenever. Uh, Rod mentions the TSA. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> the t- I'm sorry, the, the TSA, TSA motherfucking or... A. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, he's he's clearly very passionate about his job. <laughs> yeah. uh Okay, my favourite one on, on that note. Uh, my my personal favourite drinking game this round. Uh, drink every time Rod knows the score. Rod oh, knows yeah. what's going yeah. on more than any yeah. other character.
0: I've also, also got drink whenever somebody says sex slave.
1: Sex slave, yes. <laughs> you say, Rod is amazing. I would totally have a spin-off film that's all about Rod. Just him <laughs> solving <laughs> mysteries.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, definitely The
1: TSA years, you know. Uh, drink whenever you see a cup of tea. Ooh, yes, drink for that cup of tea. Any more? That's all I've got. No, that, that was me done too.
0: Cool, all right. Uh, well, before we do our sequels, um, listeners, if you weren't already aware, me and John are on Patreon. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like supporting us for... You know, anything between $2 and maybe $15,000. <laughs> you know.
1: One day. Either.
0: You like, I don't mind. Either one It's Even
1: somewhere in between, maybe. Yeah.
0: Um, but if you do, you can go to patreon.com slash beyondtheboxer. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you get a few bonus things. So we get a bonus show uh, about once a week. Me and John do a film review series. Um, you also get access to our exclusive Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Once a month on our main show, we also do a Patreon episode mm-hmm. where we... Uh, pick a patreon at random they get to pick a film for us you can get it if you want to but you don't have to and also you get a 30 second advert slot on our main show and um, where you can talk about whatever you whatever you want your own podcast your own business just whatever you feel like talking about for, a, for yeah. 30 seconds i nearly said talk about for a day but <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll edit you down to a tight 30 seconds
0: yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah, so all that is available Patreon.com/slash BeyondTheBoxer. Yes,
1: and right now while we are on isolation, normally we re- review movies at the cinema, but right now we're reviewing anything. So if you join us on Patreon now, you can select anything. You'd like be it a film or a TV pilot or or a specific episode of a TV show, not a whole series. We're not made of time, but uh, you know maybe an episode you want us to watch, but or, or a film that's got loads of sequels that we would, we wouldn't normally do on the main show. Just mm-hmm. make us watch it and uh, we'll yeah. review it. So anything yeah, you like.
0: Um, we we won't do porn though.
1: Well, oh, no. oh, yeah. Oh, you mean we won't do porn?
0: I, I you know what? Either. <laughs> okay, sure. Not watching it. Not making it. Mm, nothing. Okay. <laughs> you don't seem to agree. I, I,
1: I, I can't make the same promise. Make me an offer, <laughs> listeners. Make me an offer.
0: yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> Let's see,
1: Alex. Uh, What do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% and Rotten Tomatoes?
0: I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%? Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, How about Bewitched at 25%? best television adaptation ever put to film how do you feel about american hustle and a towering 93 percent overwrought awards bait righteous kill 19 percent the movie that michael mann wishes he had made when he created heat sounds about right i'm julio i'm alex and we are the contrarians as you can tell our thing is that we rage against the rotten tomatoes machine regardless of what we really feel
1: find us on apple podcast soundcloud stitcher
0: TuneIn, facebook twitter we're everywhere Okay, um, do you want to do your sequel?
1: Uh, Yeah, sure. So I'm going first this week, I guess. What have you got for me? So I have gone this week for a direct sequel Mm -hmm. that picks up immediately after the original film. Okay. So the film ends with Chris and Ron, Chris and Rod, I've got to get them ahead. Chris and Rod are are driving back from the scene of the crime or the scene of the the horror, I should say, really. They've committed no crimes. And Chris is obviously massively traumatised. He says to Rod, oh my God, I've, I've, I've got to go to the police. I need to tell them. And Rod is like, are you crazy? You know, <laughs> a black man and a whole house full of dead white people. What you need to do is never speak of this again and hope that it never comes back to you. Yeah. So he's like, okay, fine. So they go back to Chris's house. Chris, you know, goes to have a shower or something. He, you know, trying to wash off the trauma of his horrible experience. Mm-hmm. Steps out the shower, puts on the TV, TV news. And of course, what is the headline story? New York family killed in devastating murder arson. It's already all, oh. over, the, 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 all over the news. Yeah. And then it says, the, the, the newsreader says, announces a uh, husband and wife, Dean and Missy Armitage, and their son Jeremy were killed in the attack. Their daughter oh. Rose is still in intensive care.
0: Oh. If
1: you don't see them die, they didn't really die. Classic yeah. horror movie. Yeah. So then Ron, who's still there, he's just like, oh shit. <laughs> and then we see a footage like we see like tabloid uh, foot- journalist footage of Rose being like wheeled into an ambulance on the back of a stretcher or something so then immediately Chris's phone just starts blowing up because people on the TV are like hey, isn't that your girlfriend what the hell happened and then we just cut to Rod who's just like just packing bags frantically he's just like got <laughs> full, he's like okay pack your shit we are going to Mexico and we are never coming back because <laughs> once again Rod knows the score
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So they're grabbing their things, and just as they're about to leave the flat and get out of Dodge forever, there's a knock at the door. It is, of course, the police. Oh god! Mm-hmm.
0: Wait, is it the police, police, or is it like Sting and the police?
1: <laughs> Not Sting and the police. It could be Sting playing an American cop. That's fine. <laughs> That's a cameo we can work into this for no good reason. But No, it is. It is the long arm of the law. Because obviously, it's they've they've known through like social media or whatever that you know this was Rose's boyfriend of several months i'm sure that that's that's documented you know you can't just not have that knowledge out there in the modern world so yeah they bring him in for questioning Uh, but before before they do i mean they get the knock on the door and they know it's instantly they know it's the police so before they open the door rod says look nobody's ever going to believe that kidnapping story and you burnt the evidence you idiots like you know any any evidence has been burned up in the fire so don't tell them the truth because that's just going to sound crazy and you will definitely be found guilty. Just say you weren't there at the time and hope that hope that they can't pin it on you. Just, that's, the, that's your only hope. So, yeah. once again, Rod, giving good advice. So, they bring the police bring Chris in for questioning. He have, he, he does as he's recommended. He den- he denies all knowledge. He says he left the party the day before and he's as confused as anyone. Uh, mm-hmm. But, of course, he's prime suspect number one. And he ends up being arrested for the murder, basically. And, obviously, there's all mm-hmm. still... It's a huge tabloid story. He's become like public enemy number one in the press. You know, it's not looking good for Chris really at all. Yeah. So he spends a few days in custody awaiting trial for multiple murder and arson and all kinds of crimes. He's sitting in his jail cell, like feeling really, really low. Like he, you know, this, this is, he's clearly doomed. Police officer walks in or jailer, or whatever, throws, throws him his stuff and says, you're free to go. And he's like, oh. what do you mean? I'm free to go. Rose has woken up. She's regained consciousness and she's surprisingly to Chris's shock backed up his story. She says that he left long before the attack. And actually, as far as she remembers, the masked criminals who attacked her and murdered her family had thick Mexican accents. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So she's blaming, she's playing the race card and she's blaming Mexicans, mysterious Mexicans so chris is now off the hook and now there's this whole new media sensation around basically what i'm thinking of is that this is essentially the plot of gone girl do you remember gone girl oh yeah i think it's that like instead of like rose dubbing him into the police and framing him she's done the other thing are
0: you gonna gonna call this get gone girl
1: i was thinking something like that yeah girl get gone (laughs) 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 Yep. But yeah, I'm thinking that what she's done is she's cleared his name, but now he's trapped even more because, like, obviously the media's all over this, and now now he's like this famous, like wronged. It becomes like a media sensation of like, oh, of course they blame the boyfriend because he was black, and then you know, she becomes his number one defender. And she's like, no, he was innocent. He was innocent. So he doesn't know how to deal with this, and so when but when they're alone, she's like, you killed my entire family. I'm gonna destroy you, but I'm gonna do it my way. Yeah, <laughs> and so he has to like stand by her side it's just like Gone Girl like he has to stand by her side while all the press are like taking photos and doing, they're doing interviews mm-hmm. together and like you know it's this, mm-hmm. it's this great love story kind of thing and obviously Rod's going to be watching it on TV like motherfucker but, yeah <laughs> and I'm thinking that so yes yeah, so now Chris is just trapped in this phony relationship with this psychotic woman who tried to kill her and harvest his organs mm-hmm. and I'm thinking that it's going to transpire that Rosa's dad taught her everything he knew So she also knows how to perform the brain surgeries. And of course, back at home, just because the family are dead, there's a whole community of rich old white people who still want those brain transplants. Mm -hmm. So she's going to pick up where her dad left off. So I'm thinking that's the situation that Chris is stuck in. He's trapped with this woman who's like tormenting him and also now making him her unwilling accomplice in kidnapping other black people and stealing their brains. Yeah. Okay. And I reckon, what, where I want to get to with this, I'm not, I've not quite connected all the dots yet, but where I want to get to is that I think there needs to be a double cross, because I want it to have a happy ending. I don't want to end on a really bleak note. So I'm thinking there's going to be a double cross where one of the first people that she kidnaps and brain transplants is going to be Rod.
2: Mm.
1: Like, maybe that's the reveal. Like, she, maybe Rod disappears for a little while, and then there's a reveal that he's tied up in the chair, and she forces him to help her perform the brain surgery to, like, remove Rod's brain. And obviously Chris is gutted, it's his best friend, and we're losing Rod, and he's the best character, and oh no, what a tragedy. But I'm thinking there should be some kind of double-cross, and I'm not sure how this is going to work. It's a little bit convoluted. But what I want to happen is for Chris to double-cross Rose at the last minute, knock her out or something, and then he performs the brain surgery, puts Rod's brain in Rose's body.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, sure. Maybe maybe it's... uh... Maybe it's a thing where like they've already started the surgery on Rod, yeah, and it's got to the point where it can't be undone. Mm. Yes, you know, like maybe they've already disposed of the top of his head or something, and sure. it's like, well, you know, you can't just fish it out of the bin and put it back on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe it's like, well, I guess there's only one option. And luckily, I've got. Um, I've got an un- unconscious woman here, evil woman here, so I'll just put Rod's brain in there. Yeah, head. it's the ultimate
1: revenge. And then I'm thinking then, because he has to stay with her because, you know, the this media sensation. Uh, now it's like him and Rod are like, not a couple, obviously, but like, it's like Rod, Rod is now playing the part of Rose and he's fully yeah. complicit in it. And he's like, well, you know, the things I do for you, you're my boy. You know, this is what I'll do for you. So,
0: <laughs> so do you think that they're now, they're still going about doing the, the brain swapping things? But Oh no, sorry. No, no, no what I made what, what I thought of then doesn't make any sense. I was gonna say, but are they putting black people's brains into white bodies, but no, they still wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, I mean they could. They could like But then take... they would still be abducting black people. Well what they and could forcing do forcing them to live their lives in white in white people's bodies. True.
1: What they could potentially do is maybe maybe they start kidnapping like young white racists. And yeah. then and then also getting like old black people who've like suffered like a life of racism, and then putting their brains into the bodies of fit young white racists, so they can enjoy yeah. all the privileges and an extra life, and the, and all the white racists, and then having to live this horrible hellish existence in the sunken place where there where there's a their worst nightmare, where there's a black person in their body. Yeah, that could that, work. Maybe that, that, that works. Yeah. So yeah, it, it it does go a bit twisted where Rod and Chris end up running their own weird little brain laboratory, with Rod obviously mm-hmm. now in the body of a white lady, <laughs> which I think, would, I think, I mean, it, it would be hard to do and not make it racially uncomfortable, like from a movie making perspective. But I do like the idea of Alison. What's it, the, the, the woman who plays Rose having to talk yeah. like Rod, like Rod's personality yeah. is in her body. It's like the man with two brains.
0: Yeah. That could be fun to watch. You could
1: just play it as a com- Yeah. A very, very dark comedy.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: But that, that's what, that's my, that's my concept basically. And that is uh, girl get out
0: that was what sorry that was
1: girl get out
0: girl get out
1: well get out girl whatever works <laughs> girl get gone <laughs> or
0: what was the uh Whoopi goldberg line in ghost
1: molly you in danger girl
0: molly you in danger girl <laughs> nah it's not Doesn't really what really you can work, do
1: there it? with it, it?
0: although <laughs> oh, i would like a whoopee cameo yeah
1: that, that she could be, be one of the old white old, old black people who gets uh gets put in a new white brain
0: oh uh, okay yeah yeah so then there's this white person doing Whoopi Goldberg impression. Again, this, oh, could, this could get awkward. This, this, this is
1: I'm opening a lot of uncomfortable doors here that maybe we should stay, keep closed. I don't know. Maybe I took it too far, but yeah, you know. let's 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 quick while we're ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, so my turn is it?
1: Uh, sure.
0: Right, so I've got uh, I've got a big idea. Is it long? Um, it's an idea of three parts. Wow. Um, okay. I don't know if this is going to be three separate films, but basically the a trilogy uh, or, or or if it's just a, a film that's in three chapters or something, okay. I don't know. But like the best title is the last one, but it doesn't really apply to the first two thirds. Okay. Anyway, so the first part is called Get Out to Freedom.
1: Get Out to Freedom. Okay, sure.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a couple months later. Chris is now pretty much back as a fully capable human being mm-hmm. after a, Big mental recovery from the first film. Sure. And so decides that he needs to find the other people whose bodies were stolen. Okay.
1: So he got away with it. Well, I mean, it, there was no fallout from the whole leaving a burning building full of dead white people.
0: Correct, yeah. Maybe he he started listening to Rod, maybe, and yeah, they got away with it somehow. Sure, okay. Maybe they moved to Mexico, or whatever. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Okay, sure. No. He knows that there are at least six people who have been taken because he saw pictures of Rose's ex-partners. And so he tries his best to track them down. But okay. it's, it's very difficult, mm. as any connection he had to them was through Rose and her family, who were all dead. Sure. And if you seem to be too interested in the house, then he might get caught up in the investigation. I which guess. Is still yeah, ongoing.
1: Mm. I guess he could just, like, research, like, missing persons and then just, like, find ones that look like the people who he. That could work, maybe. I guess. Because I guess they're all missing people. There are all people who have been re- reported missing,
0: presumed dead, presumably. I think there are thousands of people who are missing sure okay sure well yeah. probably millions of people yeah. it might be quite difficult to uh track them, track them all down okay but anyway I'll, I'll carry on sure so the only lead that he actually has is the assistant of the art director
1: ah the mysterious art critic yeah
0: so <laughs> he remembers that the art director was jim hudson because remember he recognized him oh yeah, yeah oh yeah he was a famous art dealer yeah yeah so yeah he tracks down the assistant Um, she is a young woman called April. Okay. And she's going to be played by Daisy Ridley. Okay. Any, any reason for the name April or just? No reason. I was just looking down the cast list for inspiration. I think somebody was called April. I just thought, yeah, that works. Oh,
1: fair enough. I thought you were going to bring in April from Parks and Recreation for a moment. Oh yeah. But no. Yeah. Different film.
0: (laughs) Carry on. (laughs) Yeah. So she is now one of the curators of an art gallery in the same city that he lives. So he goes to find her. Mm -hmm. Um, he comes in and wanders around until he finds her. She's with some people, so he sort of stays close by, waits until she's alone. Um, she does notice him and uh, assumes that he's a stalker.
1: Of course, natural assumption.
0: <laughs> well, he's been following her around in an art gallery. Like oh, I see.
1: So he's like, she's like, just why are you following me? Yeah. Sure.
0: Okay. Yeah. So at one point, she starts walking off by herself in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. He follows her briskly um, and calls April. And she's like, look, I don't know who you are, but please stop stalking me. He says, I'm not stalking you, I just want to talk to you. And why should I listen? My name is Chris Washington, do you know who I am? And she's like, yes, I think I've heard of you. Are you a photographer? My ex-boss used to be obsessed with a photographer called Chris. He made me look at all of your photos.
1: <laughs> Does she not wonder where her ex-boss ever went? Or are we get into that?
0: Well, I think he, he was just caught up in a house fire.
1: Oh, okay, so he's, he's, he's been that's, declared That's her. probably the official story. Oh, sure, okay.
0: Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Do you know what happened to your boss? Oh, here we go. Okay. Um, I was told he died in a house fire. Good riddance, if you ask me. Harsh. Chris says, good riddance. Why? Didn't didn't you like him? And she says, look, can we talk some other time? I'm at work. So that afternoon, um, after a shift finishes, they meet for coffee. And uh, April explains how Jim Hudson sexually abused her. And Chris explains to her exactly what happened to him, which, you know, she's taken aback by. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he tells he, her the
1: full story about the brain transplants and everything.
0: He just, yeah, full on tells her the, the the whole story. And she believes him. He's got he's got no subtlety. Um, she doesn't believe him at first, but he pleads with her to help him, and uh, she agrees to do so because he has a very trusting look on his face, and like he looks desperate. Sure, okay. So Chris explains that he already freed two people, though they only stay that way for a minute. One of them was the uh, the guy at the party. Yes. Uh, who I looked up. He's called Logan. Yes. Yeah, who warned him what was going on. And the other one was the groundskeeper who saved his life and then took his own life. Mm -hmm. So he owes his life to both of those people and one of them, Logan, is still walking around, essentially, as a slave. Mm. So he wants to track Logan down, free him and give him the option to end his life if he wishes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he doesn't want to go down and kill him. He wants to... Let him make his own choice, Yeah. Yeah, give him the option. Yeah, I, mean, that's, that's a, I like this as a concept here. Yeah. Uh, April still has connections to plenty of the people that Jim Hudson used to socialise oh,
1: with. Oh, I see, of course, the social circle.
0: Yeah, because she was also his PA.
1: Of course, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Um, she says that she knows Logan's wife, um, who was called Philomena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Because, of course, it was. <laughs> Is that actually her name? <laughs> yeah. Oh, great, perfect. I thought you were making According that up. Go to IMDb, Fantastic.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so they track her down and find where she lives. And uh, obviously Chris can't show his face because they'll recognise him. Mm. So April goes and meets with them. She goes into the house under the guise that her old boss left them some things in his will. Mm -hmm. So she sits them both down. That's Philomena and Logan. Chris is not here, presumably. No, he's actually waiting outside. Okay. Um, She sits them both down in the living room and uh, then asks Philomena to go and make her a strong cup of tea.
1: (laughs) Demanding, but sure.
0: (laughs) So at that moment, while Philomena's out of the room, Chris sneaks in, and uh, he takes a flash photo of Logan to snap him out of it. Mm-hmm. And then he says, Shh, don't say anything. We're here to help. I'm Chris. Do you remember me from the garden party? And Logan silently nods. His face is very emotional. He's bleeding from the nose again. And he's crying. Chris goes on to say, You saved my life that day. So I want to do all I can for you. I'm sorry I can't put you back to who you were. But here is a gun with two bullets loaded. <laughs> wow. we're It's a real feel-good sequel, Harry. we're going to leave and for the next minute or so you're free to do whatever you like so Logan holds Logan um, holds out his fist and thanks and Chris bumps it with a tear in his eye (laughs) good callback. so they actually got that fist bump at the end Chris and April silently leave the house without Philomena noticing as they get into the car they hear a gunshot from inside the house a pause and then a second shot oh wow this is very dark Chris and April have a second hug before driving off okay Um, that's the end of uh, my first Part of this, okay. You know what? That I can imagine that as kind of a
1: Tarantino-style like revenge thing, like you know, like, like a Kill Bill kind of thing. Yeah, that, that, that's the kind of vibe I'm getting from that. You know, do you know what I mean? Like it's Chris's yeah, whole revenge do, yeah. plot. Yeah, so that's a very Tarantino ending as well. Like the two gunshots and then driving away into the distance. Mm, yeah. The uh,
0: the second part okay. is called "Get Fucked." Get fu- is, th- is this the porn? You said that you weren't going to do. <laughs> Um, when April and Chris get back to Chris's apartment, he invites her up for a drink. Is it actually a porn? Well, <laughs> no. Okay. When they walk into his apartment, she's instantly transfixed. Mm-hmm. He has lots of his photography on the walls, and some of it he hasn't shared online anywhere, so she's seen some of it, but not a lot. Oh, so her, her, she, she goes oh, around she excitedly, naming the pictures she knows, mm-hmm. asking him intricate questions about the new pictures. He finds it a bit weird, but then he remembers that she must have said how good an eye he had to her boss, mm-hmm. enough for her boss to want to swap bodies with him. Sure. So she must have said, hey, this photographer is incredible. Mm-hmm. If only you had an eye as good as this.
1: <laughs> Just tormenting <laughs> the poor blind guy. If you could only see how wonderful these paints, these pictures are. That I'm, I'm looking at them now with my fully functioning eyes. And oh my God, the detail. I love having <laughs> eyes.
0: Well, it turns out she is obsessed with Chris. Oh, wow, okay. So and in his emotional state of just freeing his saviour, um, she convinces him to have another glass of wine, and another, and another, and another. Oh, dear. And it's morning now, and they're waking up together. Okay. He doesn't remember anything from last night um, after the first bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. He's a little freaked out, as he hasn't slept with anybody since Rose. Sure. I would have think he wanted to avoid
1: white ladies for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, you'd think. <laughs> And he certainly hasn't drunk enough in that time either to black out, right? Um, which you know he's quite uncomfortable <gasps> about blacking out. Is
1: the art dealer Rosa's secret sister? <laughs> no. <sighs> <laughs> that would be a twist to end all twists.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would. She says that she's got to go to work, but uh, he should call her. Okay. And he's like, um, "Yeah, sure, I'll call you." But he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't call, call her. So she leaves, and he breathes a sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. He calls his friend, Rod. Oh, good. Yeah, Chris explains everything they, they did yesterday with, you know, freeing Logan, and then going home, drinking too much, blacking out, and waking up in bed with What them. a
1: call! Hey, so I, I, I killed two people yesterday, and then I, then I had <laughs> sex! Inventable day for Chris! <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know that Rod's got something to say about all this. Of course he does.
1: <clears throat> oh, God.
0: You mean... You found this white chick who works in a big fancy museum or some shit. The same white chick who almost got you turned into a sex slave. You invited her back to your pad and let her plaster you with wine and shit. And then you're surprised that you wake up not remembering that she had sex with you. You're crazy, man. (laughs) She probably raped you or some shit. As that brother told you at the big white people house, get out, dude. That is the whitest way you could have
1: read that dialogue. Well done. Sorry. That is the whitest way you could have read that dialogue. So, well done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I heard it as I was doing it. Um, I've got more. Um, Chris replies, Rod, that was different. That time I literally was about to become a sex slave. This time I just had one too many. Dude, the bitch knows where you live. <laughs> I guarantee... <laughs> what? No, carry on, carry on. <laughs> Is this insensitive? No, 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 I it's fine. Right. But-
1: you're navigating it as well as could possibly be expected.
2: So.
0: <laughs> I, hope it's, I hope people know it's coming from a good place. Yeah. Dude, the bitch knows where you live. I guarantee she's going to show up there today or tomorrow uh, with some reason that you should let her in, a family emergency or some shit. And then she's going to come in, drug you up, knock you out, and have her way with you again. Look, come and stay with me tonight, dude. Chris says, I'm not coming over. It's going to be fine. And he's like, dude, you're going to get Chris is very relaxed,
1: considering what he's just been through recently. I know.
0: <laughs> and then Chris is like, she didn't rape me. We just got too drunk. Mm-hmm. And Rod says okay, well, i want to text me every half hour or else I'm coming over and I'm going to get all T.S. motherfucking A on her white ass. <laughs> um, and that's the end of that part. Okay, that was Get Fucked, great. <laughs> yeah. The next one is Get In With The In
1: Crowd. Okay, these are getting more and more like, the titles are getting further and further away from the original, I feel.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the last bit. Okay. So that evening, exactly as predicted, April knocks on Chris's door, mm-hmm. crying. He invites her in in and they sit down on the sofa. He offers her a drink, you know, thinking that she's going to take it and they're going to try and get drunk again. Mm -hmm. But she actually declines, saying that she drank way too much last night, which instantly gives Chris loads of confidence in her. Sure. He asks her what's up and she says that one of her black friends has gone missing. Mm -hmm. They haven't been seen for a few days and she fears that they've been taken by the body snatchers. Chris asks, but weren't all the Armitages killed? As in his girlfriend's family. Yes. April applies that while her boss was still alive, he went to loads of events that could have been auctions like the Armitages. Armitages. That's a difficult word. It is. It's possible that they aren't the only family who was, you know, doing surgery Oh, yeah, people. it could be a whole cult, like a whole subculture. Yeah. So Chris, shocked by this, this idea, this revelation, decides there and then to take down these groups in any way possible. So between them, they decide that the best way to do it would be to infiltrate a group and take them down from the inside. Ah. So they're going to get in with the in crowd. Oh, I see what you're doing now. Okay. Yeah. It's risky for Chris, but sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So April inquires for the contact that she she still has, saying that her new boss would like to come to one of the auctions so they give her a time and a place. Chris and April show up in uh, fancy white people clothes. With Sorry, is Chris... Chris wearing... Yeah? Tending to be white? Not pretending to be white, but Chris is now pretending to be somebody who's been taken.
1: Oh, I see. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, with a hat to cover his forehead and stuff like that. I see. Okay,
0: okay. No, I like this. This is good. Yeah. Uh, they've made up some names themselves. They call themselves Amelia and Terence Henderson. Sure. That sounds plausible. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Terrence, or Chris, uh, being somebody who's already been through the process and Amelia is looking on behalf of her bedridden mother, as far as anybody knows. No, okay. They mingle about for a bit, but after a while they notice that, other than Chris, there's no other black people here. Mm. So they're wondering, what kind of auction is this? Yeah. So Chris was Chris going to take that black person aside, who's not there, <laughs> and warn them about what's going on. Mm-hmm. So he asks April to ask for him, as that's less suspicious if she's asking. So she goes up to the person organizing the event, and while in earshot of Chris, and asks where the merchandise is. Mm-hmm. The guy replies that uh, the merchandise is already here and uh, we'll be sitting down shortly for bingo she thanks him and he says you welcome April he used her real name
1: (gasps) oh and they walked into a honey trap
0: and Chris heard it as well he realises what happened April is in on this
1: (gasps) he's been betrayed by another white chick
0: Rod was right and now history is repeating itself oh no at that moment a door opens and in a wheelchair out comes Rose from the first film we had the same idea she lived of course she lived (laughs) stirring a teacup oh no which immediately paralyses Chris and he falls to the floor mm-hmm. Chris wakes up in a basement in a wooden chair no no cotton for his ears this time mm-hmm. with Rose and April sitting across from him so was I right was, was Rose the secret sister was April the secret sister she may as well have been oh wow okay they're in cahoots that's, sure okay that's what I've got here mm-hmm. they they do a, a combined bad guy monologue at him for a while <laughs> sure about how he killed their families or whatever sure Um, And they're going to put him in the sunken place and the highest bidder from earlier today is going to take his body. Mm -hmm. There's literally nothing he can do.
1: Is the highest bidder Rose? Because, you know, she's wheelchair-bound.
0: Oh, yeah, that works. Well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's even darker. (laughs) So, yeah, now there is uh, nothing he can do. Like, all hope is lost. Mm -hmm. Um, They're about to put him under. When the door gets kicked in...
1: Is it TS motherfucking A?
0: It is T.S. motherfucking A. Nice. Chris immediately screams at him to smash the teacup, which he does mm-hmm. successfully. And, you know, Rod being a larger guy, the girls can't take him. No. So he manages to free Chris, and together they fight the way out of the, ha- out the house while burning it down, and they escape.
1: <laughs> now, twice it's going to look very suspicious. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah, know how yeah. they're going to get away with this um, twice, but sure. <laughs>
0: That 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 is the end I, okay. I really kind of wrapped it up in one sentence there. no okay I like it that's good yeah that's my idea I hope it uh, I hope it didn't come across too insensitively no 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 well I mean I, I,
1: who am I to say we'll let the public decide <laughs> but no you, I, I think you know I, I think that was very good so what yep. were the titles yep. again it was get in with the in crowd get fucked it was, it was, and
0: it was get out to freedom get out to get freedom get, fucked, get in with the in crowd okay I didn't really like the first title, but I couldn't think of anything else. Sure, okay. I quite liked Game with the In Crowd. Game with the In Crowd is very good, yeah, and it makes sense as well. So yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: very very good. So should we move on to listener submissions then?
0: Yes. Cool. Okay. Now I've had to sort through and organise these listener submissions because, well, of the ones that I've actually written down here that are worth reading out, I've got sixty-eight.
1: Harry, I'm not going to do sixty-eight. <laughs> Can
0: you just pick ten, please? Seriously. Yeah. No, I've I've sorted through them very well, John. Okay. So, for example, 12 of those submissions were all get in. Sure. Here we go. It's burnt through 12. Fantastic. AB oh, thank God. Gun. Okay. <laughs> I had four people say two get two out. Mm-hmm. I had three electric boogaloos. Mm-hmm. Um, three stay in. Three get the fuck out. Two got them. Two said and stay out. And I got loads of other small ones. I'll just brush through. Um, come on in, mate. <laughs> get out and about. Seriously, get out or I will call the police. It's my favorite. Uh please leave.
1: Please leave. <laughs> very British version, yeah. <laughs> don't uh, you can fucked, use his natural accent for me. that one.
0: Yeah. Um sod off. Sod off, great. Nah, come back. I was kidding. <laughs> okay, very good. Um that's what I got. Great, very good.
1: Very, very, obviously a popular choice. I've got some as well. Will Buckingham said, "Get out of my dreams, get into my car." <laughs> <laughs> you know that, do that. You know that song? You don't know that no. song. You're too young. It's a pop song. Get out of my dreams. Get into my car. Bit creepy in retrospect, but very catchy. Um, <laughs> Mary Elizabeth says a light-hearted sequel where the friend from the TSA, as it Rod, tries to solve more mysteries. i realised I'll just watch a whole series of him playing Scooby Doo. I agree. <laughs>
0: he what well, he is Scooby Doo? He is Scooby
1: Doo. Yeah. Adam Bailey said get out to get outer. Mm-hmm. Stephen Sotcher said get stout. A lifelong okay. resident in a gentrifying neighbourhood goes into the new local brewery and finds out that the regulars are actually drinking virgin <laughs> blood or something. <laughs> I like that. Zach Dawson said, Midsummer. It's basically the same film but with white Europeans. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Tony Craig said, "Get out once it's safe to do so, and for no more than half an hour a day. Don't forget to wear your masks and gloves." <laughs> Genuine chit chat at Genuine Chit Chat said, "Get this is on Twitter." Get in. Years after Get Out, Chris tries to return to normal life, but is so damaged from his experiences that he starts to hallucinate, which has detrimental effects on his stable life. He must work out if these hallucinations are all in his head, or if there's more to his trauma than meets the eye. Ooh, Ooh I like it. Mm. Julio from The Contrarians at Contrarian Prime said, And stay out! A dark comedy about how Daniel Kaluuya's character can't stop dating deranged white girls, despite his buddy's constant reservations. So that's mm-hmm. pretty much your idea.
2: So, Yeah.
1: And finally, not a sequel, but our, our friend Martin Gardner at MG Loves Fun said, the film is a masterpiece. I, f- I don't think I could write a sequel, though. This is a good one to just leave as it is. Leave it alone. Which, uh,
0: Well, totally, but I mean... It's, it's not what we the do. Point, but uh, Point of this podcast, no, though, isn't it?
1: But, but yes, in a general sense, I'm glad this film has no sequel. But yes. But yeah, those were all the sequel submissions. So thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which we can also leave a five-star review if you like it. really helps us out. We appreciate it. As mentioned before, we're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would raise us more than five stars if they could. You can find the links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. And next week, Harry, it's hmm. my turn, I believe. It yes. feels like it's been ages since I picked a film. So, we, as discussed, we've decided to change tackle a little bit. And we're not doing just horror movies. We're doing more like movies about the experience of being trapped. So yeah. I've just gone for a classic of the genre, one that uh, I remember quite well. I'm not sure if you've seen it or not. I think next week we should do a film called Panic Room. Okay. Have you heard of it?
0: Yes, but is this recently?
1: Panic Room, no, it came out about 15 years ago.
0: Oh, no, I'm thinking of Escape Room. No, 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 no. 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 Panic Room, yeah. okay, yeah. Do you know it? No, I don't. Okay, cool.
1: Well, then that'll Great. be a you to experience.
0: Going blind. Yeah.
1: So, thank you very much, listeners. Join us next week for Panic Room.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Stay safe. Bye.
2: By the way, I I would have voted for Obama for a third term if I could. Best president in my lifetime, hands down. I agree, yeah.